Right, time's getting on a bit. Won't keep you too long. <coughs> but do want to talk to you for a little bit. Particularly about the Bible, which some people have used as a weapon of mass destruction. I have a prop tonight. In fact, I have two. Okay. Starting a new branch of the church. <laughs> I, oh, I just need to make sure we've got that on presenting. This is for the broadcast, okay? One of those. Okay? I'm going to put that in my seat because it's important. Oh, sorry. I'm also going to poke my wife in the head. So, all right, you need to move there. All right, I want to use um, tonight as the fourth part of the talk we've been giving about whether the Bible is real and for real, whether it's the Word of God or the construct of man. Uh, I've expressed some pretty strong opinions about the Bible and made some fairly um, provocative statements, which we don't have time to go over today. Um, What you will have become aware of by now is that I do not believe that the purpose of Genesis chapter 1 is to explain to us how how the earth came into being. I think the purpose of Genesis chapter 1 is to tell us how life works, okay? So I'm not interested in an argument about creation days and all that stuff. I really aren't. Uh, I do believe that God is the creator. Um, If I were to say to you today, I won the lottery, (coughs) which I would like, but obviously if I had, I wouldn't be here tonight, would I? So that's how you'll know if I've won the... That's how you'll know if I've won the lottery, because this will be here, and uh, I'll be sending you messages from the Bahamas or somewhere. Um, But imagine if I won the lottery, but not just the Euro millions, but also the the lotto here, and also every other... Every other competition across Europe, every, every lottery across the rest of the world in every single country, all at the same time, is about the likelihood of this world coming into being without a creator. That, that's, the, that's the chances against. It's just dumb, okay? Now, I love science. I believe in, in the wisdom of science. I, I love all those kind of things and biology and paleontology and all that stuff. Uh, but I do believe that God is the originator, and I think that's the most important point. The rest is not telling us how all this came into being so much as it is telling us how life works. And I believe that Genesis chapter 1 provides a step, seven-step journey to wholeness that transcends generations. In other words, it always works. The seven steps are described in Genesis chapter 1 as days, okay? So each one of those days is a step to wholeness. So if we understand what the meaning of the days is, we can take a journey to wholeness. So I also believe that, um, that Genesis chapter 1, the beginning of the Bible, is more about transformation than it is about creation, It really starts, I've told you before, it's about beginnings, in the beginning. It's all about beginnings, lots of beginnings, over and over again. That's the gospel I understand. It's a gospel of beginnings, not endings. Uh, It's about salvation, not disaster. And um, what you have is the earth was empty and formless and and dark and, and void, and then it begins to be transformed, okay? So I like that because... Most of the time what we need in our life is not to be created because we have been created. What we need is to be transformed, okay? So I love that that video that Beth played about the guide. You know, we have had a a difficult journey, particularly over the last 13 years, because, because 
Um, we became unacceptable and broken, and we needed a transformation, but, but I found that that's what God likes to do. He likes to transform things, okay? So when you see this, you have this, this overriding emphasis that God is here to transform things, okay? So when transformation starts occurring in, a, in an atmosphere of creation power, the result is always change, okay? Lives change, people change, thoughts change, attitudes change. We change, you just change when that transformation power touches the creation power of God. That's why I love God, I love the gospel, I love the power of transformation that's happened in my own life. Now, transformation, I believe, has always been uh, the message at the root of creation and the gospel, okay? So I don't believe the gospel is about, oh, you're a wicked person, you're going to hell, you're going to perish forever. I think the gospel is about, here is somebody who transforms broken things, who turns darkness to light, who, who, who fixes the, 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 the anomalies of life. So, so in this process of transformation and as it unfolds, um, we are quickly exposed in the book of Genesis to the importance of the seed, okay? So, so you've had a brilliant summary there to bring you to day three. We're already at day three. Um, so we've got day one, God brings the light. Um, day two, we demystify everything, right? Because this is never meant to be confusing. And on day three, we get the land appearing and... And the sea, we get the separation of the two. We talked about absolutes and, and variables last time that we, uh, we were on this. Um, but what that same day three says, in verse 12, it says, The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Now, that might sound like a, just a, a something ist. So, okay, so this is a massive statement. And it occurs right in the beginning of this transformative process because in the barrenness, transformation is about to come. It's going to start to work. Do you know, it's, it's wonderful when life just works, isn't it? And this is right here in the beginning. So, so we get introduced to the importance of, of the seed. Now, on the sixth day, jumping very quickly, the creator throws a paradoxical challenge in the mix because on the sixth day, Genesis 1 verse 29, it says, Then God said to the man who's now being created, the human, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And the paradox is this. If you personally consume the seed and only use it to satisfy your own hunger, it will never produce tomorrow's supply, okay? So day three, here's the way that productivity and success comes to your life and to life and to the world. But then he says, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to give you that. But the question is, what are you going to do with it? So, being the genius that I am and with the props that I possess... We'll do first an advert for Halloween. E, 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 e. Lay that one. E, e. Okay. Well, two of you like it anyway, so there you go. All right. Now, I'm not just going to stop and have an apple. 
I'm looking for something. If there's, not, if there's not one in here, that's Sainsbury's fault, not mine. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. One of them. You can't even see it. So, so small. But God talks about seed right at the beginning of creation. So here's the deal. If you understand the importance of that, you'll take care of this. Sounds crazy, doesn't it, that, that, that so much should be, should be wrapped up in so little. But you see, trees don't produce trees. See, that branch has been there, right? Part of the family tree could be part of your family tree. It could be the branch that you come from. But that branch has just sat there and it's produced nothing. I mean, it looks a bit of a sorry sight, really. It's a bit dry, but we could water it. It'll produce nothing. And take the branch and I could stick it in a pot of soil, which I don't have. I could stick it in a pot of soil and guess what would happen with the branch? Nothing. How how fruitful would it become if we were to leave it and water it for the next year? It wouldn't become fruitful at all. Because the life is not in the tree. The life is not in the branch. That's not how reproduction comes. Trees don't produce trees. Trees produce fruit. And fruit produces seed. And seed doesn't produce fruit. Seed produces trees. And trees grow and trees produce fruit, but more fruit than the seed that you ever planted. So right at the beginning, God says, the way that I work is is called multiplication. It means that lots come from little because the issue is not what you do with lots. The issue is what you do with the little. So, so day three is suggesting that we can project the outcome of a thing if we engage in the process described. How interesting that, that the outcome that would come would be a result of you engaging the process described. So, so right from day three, God's saying, so you want an outcome in your life? Then you can actually... If you will understand the process, you can project the outcome. And so he talks about the principle of the seed. Trees don't produce trees. Seeds don't produce seeds. Trees produce fruit, which produce seeds, which produce trees, and the effect is multiplication. But here's the key. The application is this. What you do with your seed governs what multiplies in your life. Everything going on in your life came from a seed that you sowed. Everything that will go on in your life comes from the seed that you sow. See, the Bible talks about faith being a seed. 
Why? Because God wants us to understand that even in the context of our spiritual existence, even in the context of stuff that happens that you can't rationally create, that, that, see, that faith is not a tree. That, hey, look at the tree of faith that I have. Look at my amazing tree. How wonderful. Watch it in the wind. Amazing tree. He talks about the seed of faith. Why? Because God never wanted you under pressure about what you must accomplish to be the beneficiary of his best. Do you understand? Now when religion comes, it forget the seed. Let's now have a great oak tree, a family tree. This is our tree. This is our amazing tree. We are oak. We stand forever. Come and come under our shade and... But you see, then that puts pressure on people to feel that they have to be something to be a beneficiary of the process of God's blessing. But from the beginning, God said, you know what you need to do to be a beneficiary of the process of my blessing? Determine that what you do with your seed will allow that to multiply and produce. You see, every one of us in here has got faith the size of a seed. Even if you say, I don't believe in God, you've got enough faith to dare to say, I don't believe in God, and take the chance that if there is a God, I think I'm pretty much okay. You decide to place that somewhere. It's a seed that you plant, and those seeds multiply and grow and produce what is the fruit of our life. So, so it's not about how great your faith is. It's about actually what you do with that seed of faith. Anybody that tells you they're a perfect Christian is an imperfect Christian. First of all, because they're a liar. And secondly, because they've forgotten where we started, that it was all by grace. Grace says if you'll bring your seed, that little seed of faith, just even that thing that says, God, I don't even know if you're real, but, but I'll give this a shot. I'm just going to at least sow some belief and trust into, into you. It's the same if you've got a seed of doubt. What you do with that seed of doubt will determine whether that becomes fear and destruction. What you do with your trust. The seed of your trust. And of course, one of the things we're going to be dealing with the next two sessions, what you do with your money works on the same principle. Some of you haven't caught this yet. You think if you keep it, you'll have more. But you see, if I keep this seed in the apple, which I've got on this side... If I keep the seed in the apple, how many apples will I have from this point on? So once once I've consumed this apple, how many more apples will there be to consume? So, So if somebody doesn't take that apple and say, do you know what I need to do? I can enjoy the apple, but I need to take seed from the apple, and I need to sow that seed because it's that seed that will make this benefit go on longer and longer indefinitely if I wish to do so. If I don't sow a seed from what I have when I've eaten the seed, it's gone. Some of you have not understood yet about God's economics. When you get your seed, if you eat it all, it's gone. But what I've learned is that, do you know what this seed will produce? Do you know what it will produce? How many of you think it will produce pears? How about mangoes? Let's get exotic. 
all kumquats. Dragon fruit. See, we're posh in our house. Now, what, what, what will that apple seed produce? Will it always produce apples? So it will produce after its kind. Ah, so that's what he was saying on day three. If you take the seed and you sow the seed and you learn seed will always produce after its own kind, you've got the secret to life. You want friends? Guess how to get lots of friends? Sow the seed of your friendship. Don't sit there and wait for somebody to come and give you friendship because all you'll do is eat that friendship and then you won't have a friendship. That'll break down because you didn't sow the seed of friendship. You want love? Sow love. Kindness? Show kindness. Faithfulness? Sow faithfulness. If you want to be blessed financially, sow money. That's always the quietest one. Because the principle of Genesis 1 is everything produces after its own kind. So I have learned over my long life, and I learned it from my parents, was that when I sow my seed, even of finance, and I give a minimum of 10% of everything that I ever earn, because that's what I believe is a good thing to do, into the kingdom of God, I have seen how God has wonderfully blessed us and provided for us and helped us and done what was necessary, jobs and all kinds of things that were necessary, because it actually works. So when I talk to you about money, I'm not talking to you about it because I want to get something from you. I'm talking about it because I want to get something to you. Okay? So the humble seed. The humble seed. See, whatever you do with your branch, no matter how much you love your branch, oh, I love you, branch. I can love my branch. I love this branch. I want to keep this branch. No matter how much you love your branch, the branch of your life, your branch of the family tree, who you are, where you came from, it will never be anything more than a branch. See, some of you came in, and the difference between you and the branch is the branch is quite healthy. Because you came in like a branch. And you're sitting like a branch and engaging like a branch. So all you'll ever be is a branch. But you see, the whole idea is when we come as a seed and with a seed, and we give our seed and we sow our seed, we stop becoming a branch and we start becoming a tree. And the tree starts to become productive because the tree produces lots of fruit that has lots of seed. So we become multiplied in our ability in life and in our blessing to others and in the kingdom of God. Now, every seed has a special ingredient. Would you like to know what it is? I'm not telling you for that response. Would you like to know what it is? Would you really like to know what it is? Every seed has a secret ingredient within it. It's called potential. 
Every seed in here has a secret ingredient. Sarah, it's called potential. It's potential, Jen. That's the secret ingredient in there. And it's in every seed, even in the kumquat. I like that. Don't you, isn't that a nice word? Don't you like kumquat? It's that just, just an awesome word, kumquat. Potential in the seed. Every seed has it. Every, the seed of your faith, the seed of your doubt, the seed of your expectations, the seed of your talent, your gift, your skill, your ability. Every seed has within it this secret ingredient called potential. But you see, unless you know how to release that potential... All you'll ever have is a seed. So that seed is not going to suddenly turn into a tree if it remains in my hand, is it? Does it have the potential to become a tree? Will it become a tree if it stays there? So unless I do something with it, regardless of the fact that in that seed is the potential to have immeasurable multiplication, it will not multiply beyond itself. Unless. Unless I know how to release the potential. There's a wake-up call for some of you. You are not defined by your potential. You're defined by your fruit. Amazing guy called Jesus, who who I'm quite a fan of his, He said these amazing words. He said, by their fruits you will know them. See, potential's not really worth anything. If I I went into Sainsbury's, posh again, you see. Offer some posh, a waitrose. (laughs) Not Neto. Aldi. Right? And I stood at the fruit store. People were coming in for apples and I wanted to sell them that. What response do you think I'd get? (laughs) See, they're looking for fruit, not potential. They're looking for fruit, not potential. And when Jesus said, by their fruits you'll know them, he was saying, listen, you can have potential coming out of your ears for, 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 for your gifts and your skills and your abilities and your life and potential coming out of your ears. But unless that potential is realized, it will never be anything more than potential. And you'll live and you'll die as the same seed that you ever were. Sometimes carried away with your own potential. Often self-obsessed with that potential. How many times have you ever heard somebody at the back end of their life, those other people, they're not me, at the back end of their life, say, I could have been, I could have had, I could have done, what happened? just had the seed, the potential was kept in the seed so having said that amazing build up 
That's the principle. Now here's the application. Seed that is not sown does not multiply. Seed that is not sown does not multiply. Here's my favorite person again, Jesus. He said this. I'm going to read it from two versions of the Bible. John 12, 24. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel or a seed of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Another version says it stays alone. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So he's saying unless you actually take this seed and you plant it where it's supposed to be planted and you actually let it die. See, I can't make that seed grow by a lot of self-help talks. Seed, you are the most amazing apple seed I have ever seen. Your texture and your shape are beyond imagination. And if you'll just believe and confess with me, you will know that you're the greatest seed in the universe. See, so self-help and psychology on that seed is not going to make the seed multiply. There's only one way the seed can multiply, and that is you have to be willing to sow it. Or in other words, you have to be willing to give something away in order for it to be something that comes back. Now that's what we don't tend to want to do. Show me the apples. Don't make me give away my seed. That's my only seed. If I put that in the ground, I can't see what's happening to it. How do I know that it's going to do what you says it will do? Because God said right at the beginning, this is how the universe works. And how things multiply is when things are given away. Now here's an amazing verse in the Bible to help you understand Jesus. It says, God loved the world and so he gave his son. Why? Because what you give away, and what you give away you're allowed to die, like Jesus was allowed to die, actually then sprouts back out of the ground, which I absolutely believe Jesus did in the resurrection, and then produces all of this stuff where millions of lives are transformed and hope comes to our world and civilization becomes blessed and we have an opportunity to, to feel the life of God pulsating through our very sinews. Because God gave his seed away. So, so here's the deal. If you want to get the benefit of this, you've got to give it away and let it die. If you want to get the benefit of the seed of your life, your faith, your expectations, your hopes, your finances, your destiny, you've got to give it away. You've got to let it go. I say, why, why is that? I don't know. I'm not that clever. But I'm bright enough to know that actually it does, it does work. I'm bright enough to know that if I stuck this in a plant pot today and we watered it and looked after it, that it would start to spring out of the ground and it's going to become... A tree, how, how did it do it? I don't know. It just does. 
Because that's what it was made to do. And there's this strange thing that even in the context of who we are to God and who God is to us, when we give our self away to him, somehow saying, I want me to be lost in you. I don't know it happens, but the same thing happens. Somehow life starts to blossom and all kinds of things like being free from guilt and knowing what it is to have your life revolutionized and be in relationship with God the Father and all that strange, weird, spiritual stuff that people talk about that's a reality just like to see it all happens when... So, so we used to have phrases and about, you know, give your life to Jesus, which sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? You certainly can't say in this day and age that he touched me. That's it's funny, isn't it? Things that... God touched me very intimately is a term that is strange how life moves on, isn't it? One thing that is true, though, it's like I, I said, yeah, I gave my life away one day to to this and fruitfulness started to come from that day but it happens with everything you keep it you lose it you sow it it grows so let let me read you this first and then from, from the message version of the bible listen carefully unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground and dead to the world It's never any more than a grain of wheat, but if it's buried in its sprouts and it reproduces itself many times over. Here's here's the principle. Give yourself away. Don't let self-obsession and possession stop you becoming all that you were ever meant to be and your life producing the fruit that it was meant to give. Do you know one of the reasons in the Bible they taught the old Hebrew people to give 10% was so they would understand the principle of don't hang on to it all. You can eat some, but you've got to give some away. If you eat the whole apple with the seed, there's going to be no more apples. But if you take a seed from the apple, and that's why it was just 10%, if you just take some of that apple and you sow it, then there'll be apples to come after this apple when you've eaten this apple, okay? That's the principle of life. So for all you wonderful, potential-laden people in here tonight, you are nothing more than potential on a pew right now. And God can't change that. But you can. By taking your life, first of all, this would be my advice, okay? Take it if you want. First of all, take the seed of your life, your potential, and sow it into God. And say, okay, if if you figured all this out and how this works, and your life and I'm life, then my sowing my life into you, this stuff has to happen, and it does. And I'd love for you to do that. See, how do you do that? Man was just there, here I am, I don't, you know. It's just kind of God knowing that you're giving your life away to him. You're sowing yourself into him, believing who he said he is and what he said he would do. That's the first thing, but the other thing also is the fruitfulness you're looking for tonight 
will come when you start to give the seed of what it is that you're looking for. The Bible's a book about giving yourself away to get yourself back. It's about this crazy thing that says if you give yourself away, it's not just you who you get back. It's you times. In every aspect of life, joy, peace, fulfillment, understanding, wisdom, knowing, all from that little seed. So, that's how it works. And to prove it, I don't even need to show you one page of the Bible. Just look around you in our world. Do you know how I got here? Somebody sowed a seed into the dark place and it produced... If this doesn't work, none of us would be here. Now, I would back that up by saying that I now go back to the Bible and say all that works because God already had the idea right in the beginning and that's what really this is all about. It's how it works. So I implore you, see that it does work. It will work, the truth is, whether you say you believe in God or not because it, it works, but it works fantastic when you put your faith and hope and trust in the one who made all this work in the first place, and I invite you to do that tonight. So, let's just have just a little moment of prayer, just a little quiet moment. It's just to make room for you. Maybe maybe you understand, maybe you don't understand. But something inside you says, I, I, I'd like that, I'd like that to be my life. Well, This is now about what you do, because the potential's in the seed. If you sow the seed of your faith, the seed of your hope, your expectation, what you sow into God, and you let go into God will come back multiplied, and then what you sow of your life and give into life will come back multiplied. So not only do we have peace with God, but we create a much nicer world, don't we? Because the alternative is this. So you choose. Is that is that what you want your life to be, or do you want this your life to be? You choose. Okay. Plant it so it it works, and we're done. So God bless you. If you've got any questions, if you'd like to talk to us. We're always up for a little conversation. Thank you for being here, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night for some discussion. We're done. And don't eat the apple, because it's been in our fridge for about four weeks.